Welcome to Two Angry Asians. This is a weekly podcast where my sister and I discuss important topics about being Asian American women, raising families with our unique perspectives on daily life. Thank you for joining us today as we dig deep into the complex issues of our lives as moms, wives, and semi-ethnic women, where we hope you find encouragement, inspiration, and maybe catch a few laughs along the way. Hi, welcome to episode two of Two Angry Asians, where we discuss everyday topics related to ethnicity, womanhood, and the life of being moms. Today, we're going to discuss a heavy topic, infertility. We are not professionals, we are not professionals, but rather here to share our experiences and trials in hopes to provide hope, and if not hope, at least to let you know that you are not alone. This is something that Sandra has years of experience dealing with and she is here to share her story why because we both agree it is a topic that is not discussed often enough infertility is something women suffer through at the expense of their bank accounts emotional health and personal relationships so we are here to share sandra's story Sandra, please um, just go ahead and start, I guess, from the beginning and just tell women out there, like, how old you were when you decided that you wanted to start a family and um, what was the catalyst for you deciding that you wanted to be a mom? All right. Um, What started it all was you having Julie, which is Sue's oldest daughter. It was the first time, like, you know, it was she was starting her family, and um, I still didn't have any interest in kids <laughs> until I saw Julie born, and that was that was the moment that I wanted a piece of that, something like yeah. that. And so then uh, we started we started trying. Um, I was 25 and James was 27. Uh, we had just purchased our new home, our first home, and. Um, well, I guess it was Julie was born at the end of 2007, and that's when we got our house. So that's when mm-hmm. it was kind of like, oh, it's time, time to start the family. And um, so we started trying that year. It took it took us all year basically, and everybody was like, oh, don't worry, it'll happen. Just relax, and it'll you know happen when you least expect it. But um, so, yeah, we started trying, and that was it. But it took us <laughs> almost a year to get pregnant the first time. Okay. Yeah, and I know um, Julie was kind of thrown on you because I was pretty much a single mom. Um, Which and I didn't mind because I was you like, helped oh, out. <laughs> you helped out so much. So, yeah, Sandra was a big help in my life. Um, when I joined the Army, Sandra was actually the one who – had power of attorney over Julie for the six months that I was gone in basic and AIT. So she really was there for Julie. And I, I know that there was a big too. connection. Yeah. I know there was a big connection there between you and Julie and even with James Saunders husband and, and Julie. So <laughs> that connection is still there. Julie just, you know, she's a teenager now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'll just ask the next question. We'll move on. Um, can you tell me, what was it like for you, like, um, in your friendships, 
your relationship with you and James, even me and you. I know you probably have some stuff to share about me and you. <laughs> yeah. Um uh like when you found out that you were um you were having miscarriages, like how did it affect your everyday life? Well, in the beginning, it didn't affect me at all. I was cuz you read all the the stuff that says like, oh, it's very common in your first year. Pregnancies are, uh, could end early and blah, 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 blah. So in the beginning, it didn't bother me. Um, the first time I got pregnant was at the end of, was at the end of 2008. And we were, I didn't, I didn't think anything was going to be wrong. We were like, woohoo. And, um, I had heartburn, which I had never had heartburn ever in my entire <laughs> life. So I knew I was there was something there was something up and then I got the positive test. I went immediately to the doctor. He did the blood work. Yes, you're pregnant. It's going up and it was going up normal. Like the levels were normal. So it wasn't anything like that. It was a viable they were viable pregnancies. And then um yeah, and then after that we miscarried. Um, which I was like, okay, I guess that happened. The doctor said it too, like, oh, it's, it was pretty early. You're okay. Blah, blah, did, blah. How did you find out? Were you, were you, did you start bleeding? I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I, I even called the hospital. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, is this like I'm spotting and, and okay. you know, it wasn't heavy. It was not heavy. It was just spotting. And then, you know, you go on forums, you go online, and um, they talk about, yeah, I had spotting all throughout my pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, should I just? So I called the hospital, talked to the nurse, and she was like, oh, good luck. I hope it's okay. Just call your doctor and make an appointment. So I did. And he did um, blood work because I was still showing pregnant on the pregnancy test. So he said the only way to really know, because I I barely bled, barely bled. And um, so we did the blood work, and that it, you see the numbers go down. Yeah. And then and then I started heavily bleeding. That's but it was it was like almost a week. It was weird. It was so yeah. weird. So when you say levels, are you talking about your HCG level? Is yeah, that what they're yeah. measuring? Okay. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, the HCG no, you're level. Fine. And, uh, Hold they, on one they second. Do blood work. Yeah. Sorry, the baby came and was yelling at me. Sorry. <laughs> the kids are outside yelling outside the door. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to hear them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, let me see. So, so, um, so then, okay, so then that was, you know, okay, great, all right. Well, then another month or two went by and I got pregnant again. So it was like, it's not even like a month. And I got pregnant again. I was like, woohoo, right? Um, But the doctor was like, no, we should wait a little, you should have waited a little bit because you want the lining to build up and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I was happy I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I miscarried. Like, Right out, like uh, right after we found out. So I think uh, the first time, the first and second time, I think were like five weeks. They were just five weeks, and um, not a week after I miscarried the second one, he found out that I was pregnant again. 
because I was doing the the HCG levels, mm-hmm. and for some weird reason, it started going back up. And he was like, hmm. "It's not unheard of. You probably spit out two eggs, and that is just it just spit happened." Out. Yeah. So <laughs> my ovaries. And um, so it could have been twins. Like I could have had twins, kind of deal. One was he. He said one was hiding behind the other. Whatever. Uh, but I ended up um, I ended up losing that one too, which he told me to expect because I'm bleeding. There's nothing like there's no um, th- you know your lining builds up like it's that thick lining. Right. That's what you want to see, and so your your egg can go in there and be nice and snuggled in, and so that's you know whatever, and then. April, I believe I had another one, but this one was much farther along. And actually, we, me and Jane, saw it like it was, it was legit. It was one of those traumatic experiences. But um, we got referred to the fertility specialist because he said, oh, "I can't help you anymore. You know, this isn't, mm-hmm. this is not typical." So. I'm going to refer you to a specialist. And at that point, technically, um, technically it wasn't like infertility per se. It was more uh, women's health. So it, it's not like when you're having multiple miscarriages, it, it's impacting your health, I guess you would okay. say. And actually, I think that's more, look, I'm not a professional, but. Maybe that could be for insurance purposes. I have no idea. But that's what she kind of told me when we went to see her, Dr. Jaffe, which is a freaking miracle worker. Um, but, yeah, so, so that kind of led up. And during all of this time, um, I worked at the bank. And, of course, everybody's having babies around me. It felt like, anyways. And I'm just sitting there going through my hormonal BS of I'm pregnant, I'm not pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm not pregnant. And just, I used to get hot flashes at work. It was really crazy, some of the stuff that I used to have to go through. But um, it was, it was, it was a bitter time, I would say. It was an angry time. I was angry a lot of times. And I used to cover it up by still socializing, but taking Julie with me everywhere I went so that I didn't feel like I was missing out, I guess. I don't know. Like, I felt like her mama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you used to always take her to little birthday parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they would always say the nice things, you know, like, don't worry, it'll happen, just keep trying, don't lose hope, all of these things. But really, I don't I don't know if they understood or not. And if they did, they didn't share it with me, but they did listen. I mean, they listened, definitely listened, which is what, it was a great help because when you're going through it, you feel like a crazy person. Am I pregnant? Is, am I going to keep it? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with me? Is it my fault? Did I do something bad? Did, like, you know, like what did I do wrong? What can I, how can I fix this? Am I broken? 
all of these things go through your mind. And I, uh, I didn't voice it at the time. I just, I was just sad. I was just sad about it. Yeah. Um, and they listened, they listened to me and obviously the only thing that they could do was offer encouraging words, but, but they're not, I would say it, it wasn't a great impact. Yeah, because it's like if they say something like, I wish I could do something to make it better, like, can you give me a baby? Right. There's not much you can do about it. Right. right. Yeah. There's not much you can do except to listen, sit and listen, and be understanding of what they're going through. That's about it. Because it's just, I don't know, it's a constant. It's a constant thing. You get overwhelmed with it. Yeah. Um, and it's just me and James are going through it. I remember there were there was a, a a season where every time I talked to you, that was the topic of our conversation, and yep. you I could tell that you just felt hopeless. Like you mm-hmm. just felt like it was never going to happen, and you would even say it. It's never going to happen to. Not. Like you would say things like that to me, and I I hated hearing that. Um, yeah. But that was how you felt at the time. I remember that. I hear James yelling. <laughs> I hear James in the background you? yelling. <laughs> yeah, and you can hear Connor right. yelling back at him. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. It's staying. Um, I think. So, do you have anything else that you want to talk about that has to do with like your friendships and relationships and how it affected your life? I mean, I know it, it, I can, it just like overshadowed everything. It did. So I can tell you if I didn't have Julie, it would have alienated me from all my friends. The whole, the whole issue would have alienated me. I would have, because I would have kept myself away and I wouldn't have ventured out and I wouldn't have, because all the girls had kids. Mm-hmm. They had kids. And yeah. and then I'm just showing up like this, I don't know, fifth wheel. I would have felt like just, I don't know. I, it just would have alienated me further. And, yeah. But but I, I also, I can compartmentalize that stuff. So even though they were having kids and they were, you know, I was very happy for them. Overjoyed yeah. for them. I it didn't. The bitterness was so not so much that I couldn't feel joy for them. But I remember one at one point I looked at my dog. You remember Daisy? Mm-hmm. I looked at Daisy and I was like, "This dog can get pregnant. A dog, and I can't." Like it got to that point. Like who? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Like it gets, oh, I mean, I get it. You really do go down like a downward, like spiral down. So, moving on. <laughs> so, so what brought you to the point of uh, like seeking your fertility treatments? You kind of just you already touched on that. Um, you yeah. said that they referred you out. Yeah, um, they referred me out. And you said you went to uh, Doctor Starbuck. Sharon Joffe, Dr. Sharon mm-hmm. Joffe. She's with, um, what is it called? It's something, CRM, CRM. Okay. Those 
Well, they're in Winter Park and Lake Mary. Okay. And that's Florida, in case anyone's yep, listening. Um, <laughs> so I guess just tell other women out there, like, what kind of things can they expect if they do decide to, like, go this route? Like, if they want to go to a fertility specialist, um, what kind of questions did you ask the doctor? What kind of questions do you recommend um, people asking their doctors? And then, like, was there, like, any kind of, like, online websites or forums or things that you researched um, about, like, what you were going through during that time? Uh, yeah, there's plenty of research. There's so many forums. But um, I guess, like, before before all of that, I was, even, you know, throughout the whole miscarriage and everything like that, I used fertility apps, which, in my opinion, are not the greatest. I even took my temperature first thing in the morning to find out if I was ovulating. Because you get a little spike mm-hmm. in temperature. I didn't even um, know that. Yeah, <laughs> I did not even know that. You, you cannot get out of bed. You have to, when you wake up, still lying down, take your temperature. And it's a mm-hmm. fluctuate. And I used to record that every single day like a crazy person. And um, That's not crazy. It felt like it. Doing all of that, <laughs> doing all that extra stuff because I I'm surprised you didn't check your blood do... pressure because I knew about the blood your blood pressure goes up. I I know that part, but I didn't know oh, the other part nope. that your temperature nope. also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they call it a basal thermometer. Basal thermometer. Uh, oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah, and so I used to do that, and then um, I joined I joined all the pregnancy groups online that we're talking about, I'm trying to get pregnant and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And honestly, if you just pregnancy forums, um, all of that stuff, they, it'll come up, it'll come up. And then um, I got super excited about everything. So I signed up for everything about babies. Anything about pregnancy and babies, I signed up for it. And um, which was a mistake because every time, so when I started going through <laughs> the miscarriages, um, things would pop up that said your baby is this many weeks. Oh, yeah. You're you're seven months, almost there. And so I would be that. But but maybe it wasn't so bad because it does kind of give you, you go through the motions and maybe you you mourn that loss a little bit better because you go through it. And you also feel a connection with the baby that you lost? Like, do you feel like, yeah. no matter how early on I think a miscarriage is, I think a woman feels some type of connection with her her child, yeah. whether she loses it, keeps it, or whatever. So do you feel like those little reminders, like the baby seven months, you kind of, you just think about that baby? I do. And yeah, you, the one the, yeah. the one that I actually saw was the one that, that I mourned the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one, and that was the last one that, um, so that was, yeah, that was, it was good to go through it. At the time, though, it hurts, it hurts like hell, but, um, but it's good to do it. It's, it's healthy. It's healthy to do that, to mourn the loss and the, and, and move on from that and, and grow from that, I guess you would call it. I hated, yeah. I hated the fact that they called some of my, the earlier pregnancies, chemical pregnancies. I hated it. Oh my God, did I hate it? 
I'd look yeah. daggers at the nurses because it was like, it was like, it was made up or something. Like it was make believe. Oh, it it wasn't it wasn't real. It was just a chemical pregnancy. That wasn't a real baby. And yeah, I don't know why they use that term. I think it's so dumb. It's so it takes away like something from it. Like oh, so should I not mourn that loss? I I feel like that's stupid it's like a pregnancy loss yeah. a pregnancy loss that baby would have been viable right it would have been a bit like it would have been my baby but you're calling it a chemical pregnancy how dare you like that's what yeah. i wanted to always say um like because they always get history from you every time you try to do something they're getting history from you and they want to know every miscarriage i freaking had so i had to talk about that every damn time and um so I got once I got referred out um I didn't ask any questions in the beginning because I honestly didn't know what to expect because at the time infertility is like oh IBS that's the only thing I knew about it that's the only thing I knew about it was oh IBS that was like the first thing like oh we're gonna have to do IBS So I didn't really ask any questions, but on top of that, after all the history and everything like that, um, she, the doctor just jumped right into, um, trying to, I guess, make sure everything was healthy down there first. Mm -hmm. Um, she, she did tell me right in the beginning, James was not the issue because I was getting pregnant. So obviously, Neither one of us was the issue as far as that went. Like I'm spitting out the egg, he's got the sperm. It's it's working. Right. Like, it's it's doing its, its job. Yeah. It's the uterine lining. It's all of that that was. So it's like just women's health at this point. Um. So then she scheduled me for a hysteroscopy. And um to get a biopsy. And so what they do, they just kind of blow it up just to see how everything looks. And um, it hurts because they dilate your, your cervix, all that stuff. And it like blows up <laughs> and you can see it on, oh, no. on the camera. Yeah. You can see oh, no. it on the camera. <laughs> and so, but it hurts. So mm-hmm. it feels like a, a really bad period cramp, but, I want to say it's like ten times worse than that. It, it was. It it's was like pretty... a small contraction because I mean that's kind of what yeah. happens when, our, when yeah, you're yeah, giving yeah. birth. Your totally. cervix opens up, so it's it's a contract. Yeah. It's like a, having a contraction. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, it hurts. It's not pleasant, and they don't numb anything, so you're not you're not numb. Oh, not, I would like put me to sleep. Stuff. Put me to sleep. And, um, <laughs> well, they do when they do they do that when they do the polyp removal. Um. You do okay. Twilight, like they do the Twilight um, stuff. What what the heck is it called? Um, and when this it? happened, how many years after? So you said you started at 25. At what age yeah. did you do that biopsy and all that stuff? Probably 26. How many years after? 26 okay. or 27, yeah. Because it it's a process. And after so many times, you know, whatever, it's probably like a year. And then... Um, yeah, I think I had t- turned 26 at the time. And, um, yeah, because I think it was during the summer when all that stuff happened. 
So they found two polyps, and I had inflammation of my uterine lining, which they said um, the polyps could have been the reason for the miscarriages, but you can also develop polyps from miscarriages. So we didn't know. And then the inflammation was... Yeah, yeah, we they didn't really know, but but they took care of that. And then um, so they removed the polyps. I took med uh, like antibiotics for the inflammation, um, and that definitely was from the miscarriages. Okay. But so, but I still didn't have any like answers. So after that, I was like, all right, done, whatever. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna try anymore. So they removed the polyps and everything like that. So I'm thinking the polyps, like, oh, man, I'm probably going to develop more. I'm probably going to have more freaking miscarriages. Um, and and by the time all that was done, I had been poked, prodded. I mean, think about it. I, ain't got, I didn't have any shame <laughs> at that point. Right, and, yeah. And um, I just figured I couldn't have children, period. That's it. Like, I thought... That was it. And then in between all of that, I was, I had um, ovarian cysts, super small, but that was another thing that messes with your hormones and all that stuff. And so I'm thinking, I'm broken. I can't have kids. So I didn't bother asking any further questions. I didn't even go back. After all of that, I figured, okay, I'm good to go. Whatever. At least my, I don't have any, um, inflammation anymore who knows if polyps are going to come back you know that kind of thing and so I didn't have any real answers and I just kind of I don't know I just didn't do anything about it um we waited another I want to say like two and a half years I think it was two and a half um with James constantly being like are you going to go back are you going to go back are you going to find out what's wrong he constantly, cause, and then he always say, and I would just tell him, like, um, I'm pretty sure I just can't have kids. And he would say, don't you want to make sure? Have an answer. Um, and then um, you had Jaden. Uh, and that that was, yeah, that was, that was a difficult time, too, because you didn't even mm-hmm. try. You didn't even try. I didn't. I didn't want to have another kid, and so it was like I was calling my sister, who's trying to have a kid, calling her crying because I didn't want to have another kid. How <laughs> ironic! Um, it was. It was. So, yeah. But like I said, I compartmentalize because I don't live your life. I don't live your life, so I don't know. And everybody has their own life to live. You know what I mean? Um, but it still, it still made me, uh, bitter about it all. Like, oh, here we go. Here's another person. Pop out them babies. Like it's nothing. But you were there for me. You were there when Jaden was born and helped me through the whole thing. So you weren't that bitter. No, no, no. Because a baby's a baby. They're, They're so precious. Um, so, so I have a question before you say anything else. So the two and a half years that went by before you decided that you wanted to go and get 
a definitive answer from the doctor and really see what was going on. Um, would you take that two and a half years back? Do you think that you wasted two and a half years waiting? No. Like for, for other women out there, would you tell them, like, don't wait? Just go yeah. in. Go in. Yeah, don't be like me. I'm a turtle when it comes to anything serious. And and I I want to <laughs> say that, for real, like, it was such a serious thing. And I'm just sitting here like, like <laughs> I'm just going to take forever. I literally suffered for five years thinking that, that it was my fault. I was defective. Yeah, don't be like me. That was that was dumb. <laughs> I feel like I was like, what in the world is wrong with me? Because because in the end, it turned out to be something so simple, so simple. And um and I was just kind of like, why didn't I do this sooner? But on but saying that, I wouldn't have Katrina, so I can't right. regret it that much. Like I can't regret it that much. But if you're looking for answers, don't think you're defective. Don't think, don't think those horrible, nasty thoughts that that you're prone to during that time. Um, because it's just it's just going to eat you up. It really is. I and I mean, during that time, the two like two and a half years, I even told James, "Do you want to divorce and you can marry somebody else who can have children." Like it, it got to that point. Like it got he to looked that at point. you like you were crazy. Yeah, like woman. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's like, I don't think we're there yet. Like, <laughs> it was like, but no, that was serious. I was, I was so serious because I'm like, you know, I love you that much. You can, you can, because yeah. I knew, I knew that that's what he. We both, we both obviously wanted it, but. Um, yeah, he he was like, you're you're crazy. We can always adopt. Like, what do you stop? Um, <laughs> but there's some guys who are, no, I want my own kids. I know that there there are people like that, and even women who are like that too. No, yeah, I want my are. own kids. They don't wanna they don't wanna adopt, and that's you know, teach their own. But um, yeah, no, I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, don't be like me. It took it took forever. And I don't know. And you said it was I, something um, so simple. It was. It was. I honestly. I so I I made the appointment. And get this, I made this appointment when both me and James didn't have jobs. <laughs> didn't have jobs because, and that was another reason why I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go in there and they them tell me I have to do IVF. That's too expensive. And this is when we had jobs. It's too expensive. We're never going to be able to afford it. Forget it. Right? Then, so the, when I went in to get my answer, both me and James did not have a job. We didn't have jobs. <laughs> it was full pay to go in there and do it. And bless her heart. She... I had to have an ultrasound done, mm-hmm. and and I told her I said you know I'm self pay and how much does that cost? And she said I'm not going to charge you. Oh, that's so sweet. She said I just it's just really quick, 
I just want to make sure, like, you know, certain things are going on, whatever. It's just, it was a simple procedure. Like, it was super simple. And she just, that was the only thing. I mean, literally, I paid for everything else. <laughs> super expensive so it's not like you know whatever but but she did genuinely want to help and she said I want I want you to have a kid I want to help you have a kid so um let's do this real quick not a big deal um and then we'll get the blood work done all that stuff and she said I'm pretty sure it's just a progesterone problem that first appointment so and she I hadn't been knew. there. Yeah, I hadn't been wow. there in I don't know how many years, right? Like it's two and a half years at this point that have gone by. They had to pull my records from from the archives. <laughs> and she was like, she's looking at all the paperwork, just going back. And she goes, I'm pretty sure it's a progesterone problem. I think that's it. That's it. And I was like, are you sure? And so we went through the whole thing, like, you know, everything. And um, she said, yeah, I think that's it. That's all it is. Um, and I was blown away because I was like, I was, I just wasted two and a half years. And it was just a progesterone. And I said, well, what does that entail? Did, do I have to do a shot? Do I have to? It was a pill, uh, it, a suppository that you put in your, um, your vagina. And you have to do it three times a day, every day for 10 weeks. At least I did. I had to do it for 10 weeks. Some people do it a little bit longer. It just depends on your doctor. But I did it for 10 weeks, every single day, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And voila, and, we have Katrina. And, yeah, it was it was <laughs> so unbelievably easy. And they gave they give you step-by-step instructions. So it's like, okay, so on the last day or count from the first day of your period, this many days, start taking of uh, the um, ovulation test. Mm-hmm. Once you get your positive surge, you have sex for the next two days. Let's get and it on. Start, right. And then after a certain time after that, I started progesterone. So, and, oh, then, okay. and then once I got a positive, it was, it was crazy. Like it was just so freaking easy that <laughs> like, what, what did I, whatever. So then I had Katrina. So the first time we tried with the progesterone, we got pregnant. It was that easy. Wow. That easy. And a little but, miracle baby's here. Yep. So, and you know, in all of my reading, in all of the online forums about infertility and this and that, not once did I come across that issue. And I read a lot. Really? Yes. I read a lot, a lot. All kinds of stuff. But, I mean, honestly, there's no amount of information that's enough. It, it'll never satisfy. It's, they do tell you, like, don't go to Dr. Google. It, it, there's a reason. Don't <laughs> go to Dr. It never, Google. It, it never satisfies. Never satisfies. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. It doesn't. Yeah. You'll never find your exact issue. You'll never find, like, maybe you will. I don't know. But I never did. I never did. Dude, I um, remember being in the hospital after you had Katrina and you told them that you wanted to breastfeed. And mm-hmm. I went and looked at her. Remember they took her out of the room to, like, give her, I don't know, if they were doing some tests or, like, check, doing her little checks. And yeah. I went to the window to go look 
and peer through the window, like, to see how she was. Mm-hmm. And they tried, the lady gave her a pacifier or a bottle or something. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'm going to go tell my sister right now. <laughs> how dare they? I remember. I remember. Do you remember too. that? Oh, my god. Yeah, because you came in the room. You're like, hey, come here. I got to say <laughs> I didn't want to stress you out. So I was like, I'm telling James. <laughs> I know. I worked oh, hard no. to have that baby. I'm a breastfeeder. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, you... People don't realize what you go through to get there. And so your wishes are your wishes. That's your child. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's your little miracle baby. They can't be messing around. Come on now. I dreamt of holding my baby. All of those things. Like, she was so wanted and so loved. And she was perfect. She was absolutely perfect. Just like my dreams. (laughs) So. Aww. Even better. She is Even better than She's so sweet, too. She's, like, the biggest sweetheart. She loves to cuddle. Oh, my god, a tender soul. <laughs> yeah, she's so sweet. She's so tender. So after having her, what made you decide to do it all over again? And, like, how was this time? No, I'm not done yet. Maybe I'm still on. I'm almost done. Almost. I'll come out there when I'm done, I promise. Okay. <laughs> You gotta turn that off. I'm gonna have to edit this out. This part. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh rat. She looked like she was about to cry. <laughs> oh no. All right, I'm gonna start again. Okay. Um, after having Katrina, what made you decide to do it all over again? Like, how was this time or this process with Connor different than it was with Katrina and? Were you, like, just as scared and nervous during your pregnancy the second time as you were, like, the first time? So this time we decided, yeah, to have the second baby. And I wasn't as stressed as I was the first time. And it wasn't that much of a mental roller coaster um, because we had Katrina so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if this doesn't happen, at least we have Katrina. Uh, we decided to, we waited way too long, way too long. Well, to how, what, what's our age difference? Like six years. Okay. It's like, it's like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy gap. But um, I thought it was going to be uh, the progesterone issue again because I'm like, okay. I doubt that it's going to change. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have the the issue again. <clears throat> but this time around, um, we ended up finding out it was more of a James issue because I wasn't getting pregnant at all. So once that happened, I knew something was up. So um, I went back to Dr. Joffe. She tested both of, both of us this time. So both of us got tested. Um, he, his little swimmers got tested and uh, come to find out they were just a little drunk. Like they would go in circles and things like that. It wasn't, <laughs> they were chasing their tails basically. <laughs> and they were too slow. Like some of them were too slow and just like, and she told him it's because he worked at an office. And so he, he was sitting all day long. And so it's, it's just one of those things like, 
you know, you probably it's probably because you have a desk job, and yeah. and well, if you've been time, doing it for uh, so long. At least, at least one of y'all were working this time around. <laughs> the last <laughs> time y'all went to her, neither yeah, y'all were yeah, working. Yeah. So and we had good somebody's insurance. working. <laughs> yeah, we had good insurance this time around, so everything was covered. Um, she decided. So I thought because I had read up on it after she she told us. Like, yep, it's a swimmer issue. Um, we're going to have to look into doing more this time. I was like, oh, okay. So I, I looked it up this time to see, like, okay, what are the options? And um, IUI is one because there's some fertility specialists who want to do IUI first. What is that? And so it's um, intrauterine and something like that. Hold on. I need to find out. Because I just remember we skipped over it because she said that it is <clears throat> IUI. Is, where is it? Yeah, intra-uterine yeah, intra insemination. Okay. And um, I, I just, when I was reading up on it, it didn't, it didn't have very high success rates. But okay. there are fertility specialists that want to go down the line and they let's try this first, let's try that second, that kind of thing. But she said, no, okay. we just skip over that. And um, and she said because because of the the swimmer issue, she was like, this is gonna be no, we can't do IUI. It's not you're, it's not gonna be successful. But I feel like okay. she's speaking from experience, like she knows her stuff. Yeah, and, she didn't um, want to waste your money. Right. She's like, I'm not going to waste your time. This isn't going to work right, uh, for your right. guys' issue. And um, But there are doctors who are still going to try. Like, So uh, I don't know. I'm not a professional, but I just feel like my doctor was pretty awesome. Yeah, you got and lucky so with her. She, for real. And then, so then she said, we're going to try IVF with um, something called ICSI, and it's going to be a frozen embryo transfer. So ICSI is um, it's actually like I I don't know if I'm gonna I'm not gonna say this right um, intracytoplasmic sperm injection. So what they do is okay. they they clean it. So they clean the sperm and mm-hmm. they get the most viable and healthy sperm and they inject that into the embryo. Okay. So that's all it is. But that's so that's what that's what we're gonna do now. Other doctors, there is different methods. So there's, you know, they they take the embryo and then they'll just put the sperm on it, and then and then they'll they'll get in the old fashioned way. You know? <laughs> they'll dig themselves into the egg, the old fashioned way. And then also, we did frozen embryo transfer instead of a fresh embryo transfer. Um, and she said they're doing that. The process is more successful. Um, I wanted it when I first heard, I was like, why don't we do a fresh embryo transfer? Like, why aren't we? Cause, because of course I'm impatient and I'm like, no, 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 we got to do it now, now, now. Like, you know, but, um, but no, she said frozen, it's the best success rate. And then, uh, so she gave me, she told me to take uh, a Visitol. It's for o- o- ovary health. 
Um, she told me to take vitamin D because she didn't like my levels. And then, um, and then my prenatals, and that's it. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I also had to do another hysteroscopy. Like I had to go back and do I... that. Yeah, <laughs> she had because she's like, I want to make sure nothing is going on. You don't have polyps. You don't have this. You don't right. have that going on. Like last time, which I didn't. I didn't have any polyps. I had an air bubble, but that was not a polyp. <laughs> Believe it or not, you can get air bubbles in there. Um, so then, um, every, once everything was clear, all that stuff, then they started me on everything. So I did injections, I did pills, like I had to take estrogen at one point. Mm. I had to take all, there's, I don't remember everything. Like it was a lot. And thank God. I remember you having to do with the injections and yeah, I remember you complaining about that and being like, oh, I can't wait till this is done. Yeah, I was done injecting myself yeah. with a bunch of crap every day. And yeah. I had to do it myself, which honestly was not the first one was the hardest. Um, but because I had um gestational diabetes with Katrina, I used to have to prick my finger every day. So oh, yeah, yeah. So that made it easier. It did make that easier. Yeah, like you're um, used to trying to yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, by the time everything was done, I was like, I'm a professional. I can do this stuff. <laughs> Easy. Who wants to get and, poked? <laughs> and, but also, like, I did my progesterone injections myself, too, sometimes. If James wasn't around, because you had to do it a certain time. If right. James wasn't there, I was I was doing that crap myself. And that one, that was, they say you can go, um like on the top of your leg, it has because it's intramuscular, so it has right. to get in the muscle. So it's your leg or or the back of your, like the top of your butt kind of deal. Um, but, yeah, the, they were no joke. I still had, I had the injection mark from the progesterone after having given birth to Connor. Still had them. <laughs> <laughs> the you had track marks, there. girl. Yes, I was like, are they ever going to go away? They are gone. They are gone. They're like, let's test this lady for drugs because she got track marks all over her. Oh, my God. They were like the size of, what what were they? They looked like two two lemons sitting on top of my butt. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because you don't want to put it in the same spot. Like, it was, oh, man, it was no joke. I didn't, yeah. So by the time everything was, said and done and um I did my trigger shot um my ovaries were like the size of small like a small bunch of grapes and they Mm -hmm. retrieved um 28 eggs and then they called me because they'll take them and they'll dump them out because they they pull it out through your vagina they uh-huh. use a needle to go through and, and get it's a whole process. But you're knocked out when they're doing it, so it's pretty awesome. Um, they said that they call you and let you know how many you end up with. So I ended up with eight that were mature. So and you went from 28 to eight. Yes. So okay. I, was like, I was like, I asked the nurse, I said, are you sure there's only eight? 
<laughs> she's like, she goes, these are the only ones that mature enough to go through the process. Okay. And I was like, okay. Then they called me three days later, like on the three-day mark, and said only five had made it. I, I I don't know. I may have the numbers mixed up a little here and there, but. Okay. And this sure is after they that. went through the process of like the inje- the sperm injection? Yes. So they did it. Okay. They actually so five made it sperm okay. into the eight. Five made okay. it to day three. And then, so I was like, all right, five. That's awesome. Okay, good. And then only one made it to day five. One. And okay. I said, damn it, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna have to do this all over again. I don't want to do this because I was watching YouTubers that were talking about their experience, going through it, you know, going through all of the right, stuff that they right. had to go through, and a lot of them are very similar stories. So even if they did take, even if they did take different medicines, uh, different injections, it's still like the same process. It's still like you're, okay. you're a human pincushion, and then you have a trigger, and they retrieve your eggs, that kind of thing. And all of them were like, uh, they were they wanted double digits. That's what they wanted. They wanted double digits because they wanted those eggs. You know what I mean? Like if the first right. one didn't take, then they wanted the the extra eggs and everything like that. And I literally had one, one. So other That's people, it. other women had like five to eight eggs. Yeah, some of them even had 13, 13 eggs in one cycle that made it through. Um, but but then again, some of them, so some fertility specialists will only go to day three. They don't go to day five. And um, oh, okay. so you see, like, if they had only gone to day uh, day three, then I would have had five eggs, which would have been right. way better than one. <laughs> Quintuplets, girl. Right? So, and then, uh, but with a fresh one, they probably would have been, like, um, it probably would have been a few eggs, that kind of stuff. Um, They even ask you, like, you can do, in the process, they say, do you want to do a genetic test to know if it's a boy or a girl? And thank God we said no, because we didn't care. We're like, I don't care. Right. Yeah. I really don't care. It's a baby. It's a baby, and we're good with whatever. Right. um, And we and also, the genetic test is for um, to see if they they would have any physical disabilities or mm-hmm. um, any anything like that. But again, we didn't care. We were like, "We're right. fine." Um, baby, <laughs> the baby. We did not care. We did not care. And uh, let's see. Um, after yeah, after all of that. Uh, the day of, they make you drink a, a crap ton of water. So much water. And when they tell you to drink a lot of water, they're not talking like a quart of water. They are literally talking about drink a gallon of water. That's not not a joke. Like when they tell you drink a lot of water, <laughs> they're telling you to drink a lot of water. Because I drank, I drank like a uh, a pint of water, thinking like that's going to be good to go, right? I get there and they're like, how much have you had to drink? And I was like, this, I had the, I had the bottle, right? And she was like, that's not enough. You need to drink more. And they had, (laughs) they had a water station, right? So she's like, 
She goes, you got to drink more. And I was like, oh, my God, how much more? And she's like, just keep drinking until we call you back. <laughs> and it feels like you have to pee. She goes, do you feel like you have to pee? I was like, yeah, yeah I got to pee. She's like, does it feel like you're going to pee your pants? I was like, no. <laughs> and she goes, then it's not enough. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, they're straight up there. There is no joking. She didn't smile. None of that stuff. I look at her crazy. But so but between, honest, I just want to get the timeline right here. So between day five when they froze the one mm-hmm. egg to that day mm-hmm. when you were drinking all the water and they had to, you know, how it's long about, did you have to wait? It was like a month, a month and a half. They want to control your cycle. Okay. So okay. it was. So I got the call saying everything was good, but then I had to. Then I had to take. I think maybe four days of um, birth control pills. And so I I couldn't, they don't want, they want to control your cycle. So I had to go through my cycle. I had to have a period. I had to do all of that. But it was controlled, all of that crap. They wanted to build up the lining to your uterus. They want it nice and thick. And they're going to check too. So they're checking all of that stuff. When you're going, because you'll go in and they'll check your ovaries. So when they're checking your ovaries, they're also checking your uterine lining. They're checking everything. Um, and they check the size of your ovaries. They'll measure all of that. Um, and by the time it was all, like, at the end, it was, it hurt to get checked because they're so swollen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. All that stuff. Like, during the time I was suffering through all that, I was like, oh, my God. How do these women do it? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm such a whiner. I don't know how James put up with me, actually, because I complained all the time. Um, but, yeah, so it was like a month, a month and a half after. He probably month. felt bad for you talking about yeah. he put up with you. He probably was Whatever. like, man, I feel so bad. No, he jokes. He <laughs> jokes. He's going in circles. <laughs> anytime I got like, like I I pissed him off or something like that, because you know you're going through it. It's a lot of hormones. It's a lot of hormones. Right. I'm pretty sure I was a total bitch at times. He said that <laughs> that's when giving me the progesterone shot was satisfying. <laughs> it didn't really. Hurt. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. It didn't really hurt like that. So it it was sore. It was sore, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't like too, too bad. But, yeah, he would always, I'd jump sometimes, and it would freak him out. It's like, but I don't see it going in, so it's not like, that's why I jumped. He's like, why do you have to jump every time? (laughs) It's like because I, I don't see it coming. After they, so you had to drink a bunch of water, then they um, implant the baby, the egg in, right? Yeah, yeah. They show um, you the picture, though. They show you the picture of the egg first. It, like it's your baby, you know? They're like, cool. here he is. Or he or she, there's, the, there's your baby. And oh. ours, um, I had looked up enough information on the different stages of egg development, all that stuff. and. I knew that it was hatching. The egg the egg was hatching. 
And that's what I said, too. I was like, oh, wow, it's hatching. And and she was like, yes, that's exactly what's happening. It's, it, you know, he's already, it's already begun the process. And, um, and there are do- uh, fertility doctors who will do, um, will hatch it. Like, they will do it. But they didn't do this. This was just something that ha- just happened in the process. Right. But there's others who will do an assisted hatching. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a good sign, but I took it as a good sign because it was almost like he was just ready to be, he was just ready to be. And that, and it was true. And it, so James even recorded, because James can't be in the same room. He recorded the insertion. So they put it in and you see a flash. And it's just this white little thing, and it's inserted. And I, when I tell you that I had to pee, I was really surprised that I didn't, I didn't pee all over the table. <laughs> and I asked the lady, I asked the nurses, I said, do people have accidents? Because, like, this is, I'm dying. Like, I'm about to, like, I don't, I don't even know what's going to happen. Like, am I going to make it to the bathroom? And they said that, yes. There, there have been women who would walk into the room and pee themselves. There are women who <laughs> would start the process of leaving the room and pee themselves. Oh, and no. They were like, but it's completely, yeah, they were like, look, it's normal. If it happens to you, we're not going to say anything. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. thanks. So Connor is here, and he is a miracle. He was the old, yep, he was. He is the only surviving viable egg of 28. Yes. And so oh. I feel that my story has that happy ending. And in the end, it ended up being a lot easier than what a lot of other women go through. I I really did think that it wasn't going to happen because there are a lot of women who gone through the process three times mm-hmm. before having a successful implantation three times and so I thought oh man this is gonna like I'm gonna have to do this process all over again because I only have the one egg and you know but thank god that didn't happen I didn't have to do all of that I got lucky um and I think it had to do with a lot of different scenarios um I had a really good doctor. Um, I followed all the steps. I mean, everything kind of lined up to where it needed to be. Um, Yeah. I mean, you have the happy ending, but you still went through, I mean, like, all together, it was, like, almost 10 years, right, of going through the hard, you know. The first, yeah, the first time it was the five years. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you still went through you know, suffering from infertility and yeah, it's been long know, enough to where stuff. I can I can sit back and and look at it a little bit differently, more objectively. But Listen, I remember when you had it. Connor, and all the I was telling all the ladies at work everything the play by play of what was going on with Connor and, and you in the hospital because you had him early, your water broke. And so, like, I had all the ladies in the office praying for you <laughs> and the baby. 
like, he is a miracle baby. Ain't nothing going to happen to him. <laughs> nope, nothing did. Nothing did. He was just ready to come no, out. He was ready to come out. He was hatching. Yep. From the jump. <laughs> he was ready God. to be. <laughs> he's still. He's not even He's not he's even still. two yet. And he's, he's just. He's still hatching. To, he is. With everything, Aww, he's, he's he actually so keeps five already. Yeah. With everything that he does. So I do. I do have my miracle children. Um, mm-hmm. And I know some people, what do they call that? Uh, they're rainbow babies? Isn't that what they call them? I've seen some I'm women call sure. them rainbow babies. Is that a baby after a miscarriage? I think that's what it's, what they refer oh, okay. to. I think so. Um, I don't really keep up with that stuff because I wasn't, I was not a huge talker or sharer about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I really did mourn the losses by myself. Um, and with James, obviously, but I didn't really seek out the help or assistance or just all that stuff, which would have been probably would have been a little bit better if I knew more people that had gone through the process. But during that time, I didn't know anybody. And if if I did, they didn't really share it with me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so I really felt alone a lot of times. And so it was a really dark period, really dark, I would say. I mean, gosh, I remember... I remember TJ called me at one point because I hadn't talked to him in so long. I remember TJ? And um, mm-hmm. I could barely talk to him. Barely talk to him or be excited about talking to him. I was like, okay, I'm going to let you go. I know he probably, <laughs> he was probably like, what is, oh, what's going on? Sick. Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to reminisce. I didn't want to talk. I didn't, it was, it was, yeah, it was a bad time. It was a bad time. But now, obviously, I got my happy ending. And But I would have gotten my happy ending regardless if I couldn't have children or not. I would have had that. Because if I really wanted to have a kid, I would have adopted. And we did. We actually started um, really looking into adoption. Um, but we wanted to adopt a Korean baby. We were going to start looking into that. We even asked mom to start looking into different different places for adoption. So we would have done it. We would have had our happy ending regardless. And that's another thing. You should still you should still adopt. Have a house full of kids like me. Nope. That's crazy talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy talk. Two is my top number. It's always been. We always just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I. That's one thing I'd like to convey to anybody who is going through it, is that there will be a happy ending, no matter what happens. There is, and never think that you're pathetic for adopting or not having your own children that you birthed from your own body, like. I, I actually heard that once, that because I loved Julie like she was my own, that it was a little pathetic. What? But I, 
yeah, yeah. But I never, never once thought of it that way. Never once. I did sometimes think, like, this is it. This is all I'll ever get. And I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. But I never, I never felt pathetic. I never felt that way. I enjoyed every moment I had with Julie. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Because if I didn't have the babies, if I didn't have Katrina and and Connor, you know, I would have been, I would have been okay with that. And then obviously going on to adopt because I had that love to give. Right. You know, there's so many kids out there that need that. And even if you just foster and you don't, you only have them for a short period of time, like it's never, it's always good. Always, 100%. They, you know, they tell you, like when you're growing up, they tell you, go ahead and love because it's better to uh, to love and lose than never to have loved at all. You've heard that saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Just give it your all. Why Why hold that? I don't, I don't know why people do that, and I don't know why people think that way. But Especially with kids. Yeah. Especially if you've got it, if you've got it, share it. Doesn't matter what you're going through, all any of that. And I don't know how many stories you hear, like people were like, We adopted and then ended up having our, our baby. Yeah. So you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that's that happens too and but regardless, you'll have your happy ending. That's how I feel. So I guess from my like my perspective, what I could add to this, um, since you know you're my sister and my friend, someone I care about <laughs> who who suffered from infertility, um, I know that I like I probably said and did a lot of things that were hurtful and you know that I regret later, um, because they were either inconsiderate or just cold or whatever. Or I said things that didn't help. Um, so we'll end this episode with like three things that you can do if you are a friend or a family member of someone who is suffering from infertility, especially if you don't know like how to react to what they're going through, especially if you've never been through it. Um, one, never say things like, don't worry, it'll happen next time, or anything that would, like, promise something that they don't currently have, which is a baby. Um, If you say something that you realize was hurtful or, like, inconsiderate, just quickly apologize and admit that you don't always have the right things to say. I think that, you know, like, I don't know, Sondra, if this was for you, like, would it have been helpful if someone had... Like, if they did say something hurtful, they, they realize it and just quickly, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, there's I just don't know what to say. And I'm, you know, like, I don't have the right things to say. Um, I guess it depends on what they said. But. Yeah, I mean, I think just admitting that or recognizing the fact that you said something that was yeah, that's, hurtful. Yeah, that's always helpful. I think that goes a long way, yeah. Yeah. So number two um you can attend like the difficult appointments with them so if they have a doctor's appointment um whether 
you know, she wants you to sit in the waiting room or be there to hold her hand. Just make yourself available and offer, um, especially if they're like my sister and isn't the type to ask. Um, Sometimes words aren't even needed. They just want you there. So, like, I remember there was a time, Sandra, I don't know which miscarriage it was, but I did go with you to an appointment, and I remember Mm -hmm. seeing the sonogram and the doctor telling you the baby was not there. And I just... I don't think we did say anything. I don't even think we said anything in the car ride. I just, I mean, I don't nope. know if that was helpful at all, but I do remember being there for that appointment, and it was devastating, like, seeing the mm-hmm. sonogram and just, yeah, it was tough. Before they even said anything, I knew. I could tell. Yeah. Cause it and you were quiet. So many times. You were so quiet. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I want to say, like, get involved in fertility advocacy. You don't even have to tell your friend or your family member that you're doing it. But, like, participate or financially support um, a Walk of Hope event. You can go to resolve.org for more information if you want to learn how to, like, how you can donate or participate in the Walk of Hope events. Um, And we're not paid by them to say any of this. Um, We just want you to be aware of help and information that is out there yeah Um, and there's also there is also um it's called national infertility awareness i think their website is infertilityawareness.org and on there they can read and share personal stories um we'll put this in the description too of of the podcast if you want to find the links yeah so Thank you so much for listening. And if you are new, we want to welcome you to our podcast, Two Angry Asians. Please take a moment to get to know us better by listening to episode one, where we introduce ourselves and give a bit of background on what we want this show to be about. If um, you haven't subscribed, please do so now and get notified when our next weekly podcast is live. Have a blessed week and thank you. Thanks. We'll end our show by sharing a Korean proverb that has great meaning to us. A dragon rises up from a small stream. It describes a strong or successful man or woman that have come from humble beginnings. Remember that you can overcome anything in life.